Welcome everyone to another Slab Stocks podcast. I'm Aaron, joined here by Nate. And today we are here to talk to you guys about the 2018 Bowman baseball line of all the different products, uh, meaning only three actually, between Bowman that comes out in April, Bowman Chrome that comes out in September, and Bowman Draft that comes out in December with the newly drafted picks from that past June's draft. Um, We are here to discuss the different players in the checklist, figure out how they rank against each other, and then talk about a couple players that Nate picked out that are the ones to key in on from those checklists um, with a little switch up in there for for different reasons, but Nate will get to explain that later. So, Nate, you want to start out by uh, talking about how you went down this list, where you were looking, uh, just kind of your your methodology over all this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Before we begin, just want to say that this is going to be a new series. Um, I think we should point that out is that this will be a series. We won't stop at 2018, but we'll cover 2017, 2016, maybe 2015. Maybe we'll do it for uh, football and basketball too. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. This is Wouldn't fun. You agree? Yeah. So it, shout out, shout out to the guy that uh, suggested this on Instagram. Great idea. Yeah, yeah. Someone DM'd us and uh, suggested we look at the different checklists and talk about the, the top players from and compare them. So yeah, so shout out, shout out to that guy. You know who you are if you're listening to this. Um, and then yeah, so getting into, getting into the 2018 Bowman uh, series, the Bowman baseball, Bowman Chrome, Bowman Draft. We uh, we decided to rank them based on uh, players in the checklist. Uh, obviously, we have the benefit of hindsight now being able to look back at a lot of these guys and be like yep that guy exploded that guy exploded that guy exploded um yeah it's a lot more difficult when you're trying to rip a product and figuring out which one you should be buying because it's you know a year you got but at least now you can look back on it and see see what you could have done differently yep and you can definitely see that there is a clear top two for 2018 and a clear third place. Yeah. And I guess we'll start with third place, um, Bowman Baseball. Uh, the first 2018 product of the year that came out in April of last year. Had Christian Pache. Had, um, <coughs> excuse me, had, uh, I can't I think of the kid's Hunter, name for the Reds. Hunter, Hunter Green. Green. Thank you. Uh, had Pardino from the Blue Jays. Had Colton Welker from the Rockies. Uh, had uh, Spencer Howard, Spencer Howard from the Phillies, Luis Robert from the White Sox, Sean Murphy from the A's, Keeper Ruiz. <clears throat> had a couple other names in there, you know, some good names, but overall, Pache and Robert are the top, the top hundred prospects. Spencer Howard too, kind of hundred green if he comes back and shows something more than just a fastball, probably a t- you know going to be a top hundred Keeper Ruiz, but. They've got some nice top end talent, but the depth is just not there in this list. Yeah, I've um, I've got something to point out here. So, 2018 Bowman Baseball was one of the first recent releases where they started to add in the second Bowman autographs um, that everyone was kind of up in arms about. So they they added in Brendan McKay, uh, who was a top five draft pick from the 2017 draft. His first Bowman was in 2017 Ro- draft, and then Royce they, Lewis, right? They added Royce Lewis into the product as well. So they put in the number one pick. I think McKay was number four, somewhere in that range. And then they put them in the 2018 Bowman as a filler to try to maybe boost up the checklist a little bit without signing new names, um, which therefore led to a pretty bad checklist considering that those don't really sell well. I mean, Robert and Pache are two nice players, but like you said, you don't really want to pay a bunch of money to rip it for two players. No, and Pache... Pache just crossed the $100 threshold this year. Yeah. When guys like Noel V. Marte already had 150 coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spencer, or Luis Robert, they didn't even know if he was going to sign. He had just redemptions, right? He did, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, um, the nice yeah. thing about Robert is that he's probably the second highest dollar base autograph throughout all these players, throughout all the products. So they did have the second best pull or prospect. Yeah. Uh, slash player now but I mean the depth like you said was just pretty poor yeah and when when like a guy like Kiba Ruiz or Hunter Green are your third best player and Hunter Green has been injured and ineffective 
and Cuba Ruiz is a catcher. Sean Murphy is a catcher. Spencer Howard, though we love him, relatively unknown. Yeah, and it's 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 a tough list. It's hard <laughs> to have pitchers carry a checklist, which is also why in like 2019 Bowman Chrome with uh, Garcia, the Yankees, his autograph being like one of the top three ranked, I suppose you could say, based on prospect stats. Well, actually, he's probably the highest ranked prospect. No, he's definitely the highest ranked. Yeah, just not a great, not a great look for the for the product. No, no, really? there's so many people that say to us, "Oh, we don't invest in pitchers," which Aaron and I fundamentally disagree with. But if you're not going to do it, you're not going to do it. And if you don't want to do it, then you 2019 Bowman Chrome is definitely not for you. And and then also when it comes to ripping a product, I would never be like, let me rip it for the pitcher. It's more like, let me buy the pitcher for five bucks after the product comes out. That's also a very good point. So we would never, we would never have bought 20, what, 16 Bowman draft Bowman draft for, for Forrest Whitley. As I say, Whitley and Luzardo, like it wouldn't have been like, let me try to pull those guys. It would have been like, let me try to pull Bichette, Kirloff, Gavin Lux, all those guys. <laughs> Yep. Which is why that checklist is so loaded, which I can't wait to get to 2016 because that year is ridiculous, but we can talk about that two podcasts from now. Yes. So moving on. Um, from unless we throw two. some baseball and NFL in there in the meantime, who knows? Oh, um, yeah. <clears throat> what do you got? So, number, two? number two might be a little bit of a hot take for some people might not be for others. The reason I have it number two is because I think while it has a ton more depth, and a lot more well-known names, mainly because all of these names are going to be names known from the draft. Um, a lot more fresh names in people's minds. I just like number one's top end a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so number two is Bowman Draft. We got Alex Baum, Alec Thomas, Brady Singer, guys like Bryce Terang, Casey Mize, Grayson Rodriguez, Jordan Groshans, Jonathan India, Jared Kalenic. Beast, uh, Jared Kalenic, uh, Josiah Gray, my favorite guy, uh, Matthew Liebertor, Nolan Gorman, Nico Horner, Nick Madrigal, Tristan Casas, Travis Swaggerty, you know, guys like that. And the list goes on. You can go on to your, uh, you know, the various rays that were in those lists. Um, Shane McClanahan and stuff. Shane McClanahan and stuff. You've got other, other type players that people are going to be like, oh, why didn't you bring him up? Um, <clears throat> a couple Rangers pitchers and stuff like that. But while these are all nice, it's, it's you know, Bryce Terang doesn't really have power. Nick Madrigal doesn't really have power. Nico Horner doesn't have power, right? Mm-hmm. Tristan Casas is probably a first baseman. Trevor Swiggity had a little bit of a tough year. Nolan Gorman has a ton of power, struck out a bunch this year, didn't have a great year. Uh, Jared Klenick was amazing. Jonathan India was fine. Alex Baum was fine. Alex Thomas was fine. But a lot of the guys that did really well were pitchers. Mm-hmm. Casey Mize, Grayson Rodriguez, Josiah Gray, Matthew Libertor. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. For those of you that didn't notice, I have a cold. And I've had a cold for like a week and a day here. And I was expecting to get over it by this time, but here we are. Um, and so a lot of pitchers on the list that did really well, guys like Jordan Groshans that could be a top prospect in the future but were injured. Um, so I think that just downgrades it just a little bit. A lot of interesting names and probably a very good a very good buy, actually, uh, with the benefit of hindsight, knowing how well all these players did. Um, but people just don't like pitchers, and they don't like for uh, – uh, they like paying for power. They don't like guys without power, which kind of crosses off Madrigal and Horner and Terang from, you know, being super good investments. Yeah, so then you're looking at Which is why like, people invest into Gorman a ton, even though uh, Terang and Madrigal and Horner are probably going to be or look like way more surefire major league players than specifically Madrigal. Looks like a way more surefire player and a good player at that compared to Gorman. Um, <clears throat> but people love, their, people love their upside. Yeah, and, Gorman's 18. Yeah. And Bowman Draft has a little bit of that upside and Groshans and Gorman and stuff, but a lot of it is safe, I would say. Yeah. Um, which leads us to any anything else on Bowman Draft before I go on? Yeah, I was actually I was gonna say something versus oh, one thing about Bowman Draft versus Bowman Baseball is that you mentioned it earlier a little bit. 
it was that these players, you know, fresh in people's minds from the draft, stuff like that, which I think kind of matters a lot because in Bowman baseball, a lot of the guys could be picked out as international prospects from a couple of years ago. People literally have never heard the name before, um, just don't aren't really acclimated with them, leading to less demand versus a Bowman draft where people can watch a draft on TV, research high school players, see them play in, you know, different high school showcases, stuff like that, to where I really think that that just boosted above in general. Like, if you had – go ahead. The big thing is a lot of these guys you haven't seen play. Yeah. Minus half a season, which makes them way more of a kind of gambling side of things that I think a lot of people enjoy. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, oh, you know, <clears throat> I've seen uh, Colton Walker play for a few years. I've seen Sean Murphy play for a few years. I haven't seen, you know, Nolan Corman play for more than half a year. I really want to invest in him. Right. It's, it kind of gives you more time to maximize also your your profits so people oh, like to put money also in. very true i don't love investing in guys that are already in like triple a right yeah but i love if i'm really big on the guy to invest in. though i don't love using the stats if if there's other reasons scouting and stuff like that that i love a guy in single a i jump all over that guy like julio rodriguez julio rodriguez he has time to up his value in a ball in high a in double a by the time he gets to triple A, his value should have jumped so much that you're probably tripling if he's gone to plan that the plan that's in my head, right? Yeah. And usually I don't invest in somebody unless I'm really, really big on him. And we don't invest anymore. Mm-hmm. But in the past, you know, the Juan Sotas of the world, and even Juan Soto was kind of a bust in my mind because he got called up so quickly. Yep. That's uh, what I was actually going to mention something about that because literally what you're describing in like super short terms is. There just needs to be a hype train. Like you literally just need a hype train for a player for like two years. And then like Vlad, like that thing built up for th- two to three years. And by the time he's called up, it was like $1,000 for his base auto versus Soto. Yeah. It was like a month or two. Yeah. Soto was from, Soto was from non-ranked to MLB in a year. Yeah. And even like and not not only non-ranked will be in a year but like a superstar because like there's obviously non-ranked players that make it to the MLB in a year from like double a we're talking like rookie ball to the MLB non non-ranked prospect to top 10 prospect to all-star obviously and, and to put it in card terms it went from 30 dollars to 300 dollars in a year like that's crazy you know but it was if, up to 400 well yeah at some, at some point but but if you think about it, if he was already at $100 and his hype train went on for a year, that thing is going to be like $600 by the time he debuts. Yeah. Which is That's crazy. the disappointing thing for those of us that invested in him and then convinced their friends to invest in them, <laughs> despite the fact that they refused to invest in them right away. Yeah, for like a month. Not the biggest deal. Still made my I money. Never, I will never n- not let you forget that. <laughs> that's funny well all right so bowman draft a lot of depth ton of depth lack of ton of high upside there's kalinic there's groshans there's gorman otherwise everyone's you know pitchers or positions that are iffy on the defensive spectrum um and then or light hitting shortstops uh, and then number one, obviously, because we covered the other two, is Bowman Chrome, and Bowman Chrome also has good depth. Not as good, obviously, as draft, though that probably more has to do with the fact that, you know, like we talked about, you know the names, because like, is Travis Swaggerty really that different than Micah Rodolfo? Yeah, but uh, no one in, in in prospect pedigree, probably not type of thing. Um. <clears throat> But Blowing Chrome has guys like Bruce Star Gratterall, who we love, uh, Tyler Freeman, Carter Kaiboom, uh, Dustin May, Dalton Barshow, Franklin Perez from the Tigers, Christian Robinson, who everyone loved before the year, Luis Urias, who's Aaron's favorite guy, oh, yeah. Ricky Lopez, who's an interesting second base prospect for the Royals that wasn't really ever ranked, but has just done well everywhere he's gone, Micah Adolfo. 
uh, Shane Bieber, Esteban Florial, Jordan Alvarez, who obviously is Jordan Alvarez, Michael Baez for the Padres. And then you got guys like Darwin's, Darwin's on Hernandez, who is a reliever for the Red Sox and had a all right year ERA rise. He's in the fours, but his fielding independent pitching, I haven't looked at his DRA, was in the twos. And they were like, they were calling him a, a second Josh Hader for bits and pieces. I've seen that said a couple places. Obviously, maybe not the second Josh Hader, but anytime you got a guy that they think could be that dominant, you got to take a closer look at because, you know, if his, I just saw five of his base autos sold for 26 bucks. Josh Hader base auto selling for like 15, right? Mm-hmm. If he becomes a dominant, if he becomes, if he becomes a dominant uh, closer, you know, you get up to 10. Yeah. You're doubling your money. Yeah. Um, and then you even have guys like Russell Wilson in this checklist that obviously, not a baseball player, but a star quarterback. And I got to imagine how he does on the football field will correlate to how high his prices can go for his autos and baseball, even yeah. though he's not playing baseball. Definitely. And matters. he's doing really well right now. He's killing it this year. And so I like Bowman Chrome because the high end stuff is better than draft, right? You obviously have Jordan Alvarez, who's going to be rookie of the year. You have Shane Bieber who was a top five pitcher in the AL. You have Luis Urias, who despite doing really poorly in the MLB, was a, like a top 20 prospect. Um, you have Christian Robinson, who was a really hot name and you know probably going to be a top 25 prospect at one point if he continues his path. You've got Dalton Varsho, who's one of the top catching prospects in baseball. Dustin May, who's helping the Dodgers right now. I actually don't know if he made it on there. Uh, playoff roster, but he helped him in the season. Carter Kaiboom looks like he's going to be the second baseman of the future for the Nationals. Tyler Freeman looks like he's going to be the second baseman of the future for the Indians. Um, and then obviously you've got guys like Bruce Gretel, who is a dominant pitcher for did the you Twins, see, even though people don't like pitchers. Do you see some of those pitches he had this year in the MLB? Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. it's unbelievable. It's insane. Uh, Franklin Perez is a dominant pitcher for the Tigers. Always injured. Uh, yeah. Always injury and Russell Wilson, and then so also, just, yeah. sorry, I'm just gonna say, as Stavon Floriel, while not worth really mentioning too much anymore, the guy used to have like a hundred and fifty dollar base auto. Yeah, so the the high end, and he can always. I don't think it'll take him a while to get back to that because it seems like once you're there and you struggle really poorly or mightily and you drop like a rock. Uh, it's super hard, it's hard to, to get back. to that point. Yeah. Um, but just the depth, you know, the depth probably isn't as great as draft. Like, but these guys have proved it for a longer period of time. And I like their, I like their upside. I like the Carter Kaiboom, Christian Robinson, Luis Urias, Shane Bieber, Jordan Alvarez upside more so than like Kalenic, Mize, and whatever combination of guys you want to grab yeah that. yeah the other guys are more proven to you know just to ride yourself on now give it give it two years and this may flip-flop um yep. just because we'll have more on these players uh as they progress but for right now i give the nod to the experience and the upside the the high-end upside yeah good analysis there so to little recap before we hit segment two, uh, number one, Bowman Chrome released next, uh, September. Number two, Bowman Draft released last December. And then Bowman Baseball, the April release, landed at number three uh, with the lack of depth and even, honestly, the high end after Luis Robert is pretty poor. Um, yeah. so it's, it's pretty bad. Uh, yeah. I, would do, I would like to give a quick shout-out to uh, Wisconsin, Jerry <laughs> Clinic, Dalton Varsho, and Russell Wilson, obviously a Badger. Yeah. Uh, so yet again, shout out Wisconsin for having stellar, stellar athletes at all levels of uh, sport. Oh yeah, all over High the school, place right now. College, MLB made the playoffs. NFL just took out the Cowboys four and one. NBA gonna make the playoffs. Packers gonna make the playoffs. Badgers are gonna probably make a bowl game. I oh. mean, like a like a, a yeah uh, one of the, the big bowl games. Not. 
not like any bowl game. Six like and six teams make bowl games. <laughs> yeah. Do you know who's not um, going to make a bowl game? <laughs> You're presumably less miles Kansas Jayhawks. <laughs> Their team is trash. Kansas stinks. Speaking uh, of Kansas, they stink too. Their basketball program. They're going to get suspended. <laughs> Number one. I've never seen a team lean so in, you know, Kansas is obviously in trouble and they are just leaning in hard, doubling down on everything. Like they do not care. That Snoop Dogg thing was ridiculous. The Snoop Dogg thing was ridiculous. The, the uh, video with Bill Self in a giant Adidas shirt with chains as he's announcing Snoop Dogg going to be at late night in the fog was ridiculous. These are both after Kansas gets, uh, those allegations sent against them. They just do not, either they have something on the NCAA (laughs) or they know it's a lost cause. So Bill Self is going out with a bang. That's what it kind of seems like. Honestly, it'd be funny if they could turn on NCAA, but either way, I think it's, it's hilarious because there's no way that any college program should act, especially one like Kansas. (laughs) Yeah. Just, just unbelievable. But also, I'm pretty sure they're going to go 40-0 and 0 now. <laughs> I saw that tweet. That was hilarious. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, Back shout, out, shout out Wisconsin. True. And also, shout out many of our favorite prospects who uh, happen to dot these lists. Bruce Dargaradrill, Carter Kyboom, Dustin May, Dalton Varsho, Christian Robinson, Luis Urias. Yeah. There's a lot uh, of guys. Not Yardon your, your, Alvarez. <laughs> Really oh. missed on him. Yep. Uh, Bryce Durang. I mean, I wrote an article against investing in him, but I still love him because he's a brewer. Kalenic, we've been on the hype train for a while on. Kalenic, we've been on the hype train. Josiah Gray, we've been on the hype train. Jordan Groshans, Grayson Rodriguez, Matthew Liebertor. I've been on the hype train for Matthew Liebertor forever. As I say, Liebertor for sure. Uh, Nico Horner, not on the hype train. No. Nope. Wasn't at the beginning. Still isn't. Still am not. Uh, <laughs> you with... Travis Swaggerty. Uh, that was like a one-month thing. Yeah. And once I found out that he was poop. <laughs> and then uh, shout-out Spencer Howard, who we've been on the hype train for oh, a yeah. little while. Mm-hmm. For so, sure. So yeah. f- finally getting to these, uh, this top five here. This is not in a specific order. However, Nate went by a little – I'll explain it. I can explain okay. it. Okay. All right. We'll let Nate go yeah. for it then. It'll be easy. So when – Aaron and I came up with the idea for this podcast. We were going to do a top five. Um, I was going to say that Instagram guy first slid us the idea. Well, yes, he slid us the idea. And then we went with it and figured out what we should do with it. (coughs) And we were going to do a straight top five, you know. But then I was looking at it and I was like, you know, top five. Everyone already knows who the top five guys are going to be. You're going to have your Luis Roberts. You're going to have your Jordan Alvarez's. You're going to have your Pache's and your clinics. So instead, I kind of went, I grabbed a guy in low A, hot and regular A, Christian Robinson. I wanted a guy in that level. Grabbed Casey Mize because he's A, a pitcher, which I kind of wanted to grab one pitcher at least. And then he did A plus and double A. And then I grabbed Luis Robert because he went, not only being like the best player on this list, but he also went through three levels, which is interesting. High A, double A, triple A. And then a Christian Pache because he did double A AA and triple A. And then I grabbed Jordan Alvarez because nobody really cares about his minor league numbers. It's all about his major league numbers. And he played in the MLB. So somebody from every level plus pitching plus a pitcher, you know, to kind of give you guys some basis for uh, comparison when looking at, you know, the difference between Casey Mize, who's a top 10 prospect, but is a pitcher compared to like Luis Robert, who's a top 10 prospect, but an outfielder. Yeah. And then what their levels have to do with it. Cause then you'll be able to compare um, what Luis Robert was doing in the minors versus what Jordan Alvarez is doing in the majors and stuff like that. Well, now that they know the top or the five players you want to talk about. <laughs> oh yeah. So we'll start with, we'll start with Christian Robinson, who is uh Started out in A, uh, low A, and then got to, made his way to A ball this year. He went 282 average, 368 on base, and a 514 slugging between the two, two A ball levels with 13 doubles, two triples, 14 home runs. He went 17 for 22 in stolen bases. He had 77 strikeouts 
31 walks and 291 plate appearances. That was too quick. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> overall, he had a very good he had a very good season. I'm sure you would agree, Aaron, for a guy that just made his uh, full season debut this year as an 18-year-old. Everyone was hyped up about his power, and he did not disappoint there. 13 triples, two doubles, 14 home runs, and 291 plate appearances is not bad. Wait, 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 wait. 13 doubles, two triples, not 13 triples, two doubles. I just misspeak. Yeah, 13 doubles, two triples, 14 home runs. Uh, going 17 for 22 and stolen bases is nice, especially from a, a, a guy who's going to be playing. <coughs> oh, sorry. Especially for a guy who's, uh, you know, he's kind of like a – he plays a little center field, he plays a little right field type of thing. So it's nice to see that speed because it should pretend to uh, being able to stick in center potentially. Um, a decent amount of strikeouts, 77 strikeouts and 291 plate appearances. A normal guy might get like – 650 700 plate appearances in a year so we're talking you know we're talking 160 strikeouts which isn't terrible but it's kind of a lot um and then also we're talking like 70 walks which is a pretty healthy amount so a good year by christian robinson um do you have his prices i do i do actually which are kind of a little surprising because um Last, well, I guess surprising because at the time period of each year. So what I was doing is I was grabbing the prices as close to today a year ago and then today's prices and comparing them. Last year at this time, they were $130. And this year right now, they're $130. So if you look over the full year, uh, it has not changed. However, obviously there's been dips and rises and falls inside of there. Um, actually, um, when they started out there around like $70, then they went up to 130, um, in October and then they kind of went back down to 70 and then they went up to like $200 in the spring and now they're back down to 130. So they've been all over the place, but over the full year, they've pretty much maintained 130, uh, for his Bowman Chrome base autographs, which a note, I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard us talk about this, but Christian Robinson only has base autographs in 2018 Bowman Chrome. He has the non-auto color, but there's not a single color autograph for his Bowman Chrome first Bowman autograph. So it's only base autos. So I could have, I remember that had a little bit to do with these uh, sudden price increase over in like September to October of last year. Yes. Yes, it definitely had a huge deal to do with the price increase. Once people figure that out, his prices. Yeah, oh, pretty much doubled. But kind of surprising they're 130 and they're 130 now he didn't have a bad year i will say this he got moved up from low a to the midwest league so like the brewers the brewers don't have a low a team per se like an a minus team they have an a team and then an a plus team so he got moved up from something between rookie ball and the midwest league up to the midwest league and in the midwest league he hit 217 294 435 for 729 Yes. So if Which, I were to go, yeah, I was gonna say if I were to go back and look like a couple months ago, they could have been like 180 realistically. Yeah, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, he, it, it's not good. It's not good showing in the Midwest League, but you got to remember he's 18. That's uh, three and a half, almost three and a half years younger than the league average age for yep. a player in that league. Um, it doesn't exactly have the excuse of playing in cold weather for the first time, like. Uh, Wander Franco did because by the time he got to the Midwest League, he played 44 games in um, low A, and then his last 25 games in high A. 44 games into the season would have brought him into maybe May, June, somewhere in there, right? Yes. Um, I was just gonna. Which it's no longer cold in Wisconsin at that point, or Illinois, or uh, Missouri, you know, wherever the Midwest League teams are at. Geneva, Illinois is where the Kane County Cougars play, which is what he was on. Um, so he doesn't really have that excuse. So if you go back as recently as August 21st, one sold for $170. And even like at the beginning of September, they were like 150 So clearly it's just been a what have you done for me lately thing because they've been hovering yep. between 100 bucks and 130 which 
maybe a good off-season target. Yes, for sure. Christian Robinson. I, I'm thinking if they're at 130, well, they're between 130, 130 now. They probably level off between 100 and 110 in the off-season. So here's the thing, though. Do your research. Yeah. Because see, see what scouts have to say. You you can't track a stat line in the minors. What I can say is. In 25 games, he had 217, but he had 294 on base, which is really nice. Not yep. 294, the overall number. The overall number is bad. The fact that his on-base percentage was like 80 points higher than his batting average. My voice just cracked right there. Uh, <laughs> that's the nice part, the 80-point yeah. uh, swing upwards. And a 435 slugging ain't uh, too terrible. Nothing to scoff at from an 18-year-old. Um, but, you know – Check in with some scouts, see what they have to say in their offseason reviews, or maybe check if anybody wrote anything near the end of the season to see what they have to say about him, and then maybe uh, look into investing in next month, November, December. For sure. Some good analysis there. Moving on. All right. So moving on to the Casey Mize, who we have uh, here. He played in high A and double A. Um. Through 109 innings, he had a 2.55 ERA, 106 strikeouts to 23 walks. It's slightly, giving his whole season numbers, is slightly, uh, probably a slight misrepresentation of what he actually did because he had a .88 ERA in 30 innings in A-plus ball. In the Florida State League, which is a really big uh, pitcher's league, in Lakeland, Florida, which is right next door to where I'm at right now in Winter Haven, Florida. Um, but Casey Mize, so he had a .88 in 30 innings, but then when he got called up to A, he had a 3-2-0 ERA in 78 innings with 76 strikeouts. Um, worth, so. no- worth noting, I suppose, is that he had a small injury between the two. So could have affected him in a couple of those starts. He got yes. pulled out for elbow tightness in one of his starts. That is worth noting. Yep. Um, but just trying to point out that with the upgrading level, now 3-2-0 ERA is still good. Yeah. I don't want to be like, oh, that's bad. No, Casey Mize is still an insanely good pitching prospect. I'm just saying giving his full season numbers is a little bit, you know, cheap of me. But yeah. I just wanted everyone to – hear him um because he was obviously way too the the number one uh college pitching prospect uh the number one overall draft pick pitching it should dominate high a especially when it is the florida state league which is insanely hard for hitters correct um and but yeah i was gonna say i'll give a little price analysis here yeah 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 please do and we're very similar to the Christian Robinson situation, actually, except this time the earliest sales I could go off of was in December of 2018 because that's when Bowman draft released, as we talked about earlier in the podcast. And when they came out, they started at like $70 on the first day, but I ignored that price because they leveled off for a couple of weeks around 55 So I took that price, the 55 in December. Compared to today, they're around 52 to 55 with shipping, so... Very similar. However, there was one big increase in there, and that was when he threw. I think it was a no-hitter. Correct me if it was a perfect game. I can't remember. Uh, well, early, d- definitely no-hitter. I don't remember if it was a perfect game. Yeah, for sure a no-hitter. Um, early in the season, they went from 50 to 100. Actually, went from like 35 to 100 because they dropped a little. Uh, and then he got called up spring. to double A. Yep, and then they dropped. Because that was his last high A start. That was. And now, uh, sitting here today, they've went back down around $50. So what you're telling me is you're looking at yet another good off-season buy target. Yeah, as long as he can, you know, get people to be interested in him. Obviously, it's easy easy for me to just point to words a lot hard, harder when you have to pitch dominant stretches in a row. Yeah, that's true. Also, I guess $50 is kind of high. I mean, you're looking at you're looking at it's hard for pitchers to. Uh, what I've learned in the last couple of years is that, like, relatively easy for pitchers to get into that $20 range. Yeah. You pitch really good in A, high A, and you're probably in that $20 range. Mm-hmm. Getting from that $20 to $40 range is a little bit more difficult 
getting from that $40 range up into the 50, 60, 70, 80 is super difficult. It's, ex- it's very difficult, but even more difficult than actually getting there is getting there and staying there. Cause so many guys like Forrest Whitley or Luis Severino get up into that $75 range and then they have two bad months and it's way back down to 30, 35. Like, it's so hard to stay up there if you reach there, which is why I really recommend taking profit when you can on pitchers. You, like, have to do it. You absolutely have to. Yep. Well, I would suggest maybe Casey Mize, wait till November, December. Maybe they drop into that 45 to $50 range. You buy one or two, put, like, a $100 investment down. Maybe he gets into spring training, gets to pitch a game or two. All of a sudden, he's against quote-unquote major league competition because nobody ever looks too carefully into who somebody's pitching against in spring training. They're just like, oh, MLB spring training. Must be good competition. Mm-hmm. And then uh, prices uh, pop back up. Yeah, you want to – just because uh, it's on my mind, Garrett Cole, obviously extremely dominant right now. Uh, 15 strikeouts and 7.2 innings in the last playoff game that he pitched in. Mm-hmm. His refractor autograph numbered out 500 auctioned off on October 5th for $121. Though, uh, there should be a caveat stated that that was from what year? Like 2012? Caveat is it's from 2012 and it's in a Pirates uniform. So if you put him in an Astros uniform and the autograph came out in 2015 or 2016, it's probably a $200 card. Yeah. So So obviously there's like those old designs are just trash. Yeah, I think half of it has to do with design sometimes. Yeah, design slash it also it has to do with just time period. Like there are way less people buying Bowman Chrome autographs in 2012 than 2018. So you just have a way more. You're, mag- you're talking to one of them. <laughs> exactly, you have a way Granted, more. I'm not really buying Bowman now, but still. yeah, you have a way more magnetized group to a certain brand and style, which is like everyone, I think it all started with 2017 Bowman draft and anyone that is that joined then just loves everything that comes out now. And by the time that they even started investing in that stuff, everyone in years past wearing the MLB. So it wasn't even like the, the prospect game. So that's why that they're so low comparatively. Yep. Obviously if you can buy a Garrett Cole or a Casey Mize, just based on who's a better player, you're buying Garrett Cole, but it's different. You just have to compare it differently. Yep. I agree. Also, Garrett Cole. Going to be interesting to see where he goes this offseason. I don't yeah. think the Astros resign him. Do At they, least there hasn't been any rumors about them resigning him. I mean, he's going to get a huge contract, 200 mil plus. Could you imagine if they did and all of a sudden they were paying whatever they have to pay for Grinky's salary? Because I know the Diamondbacks paid some of that off. Paying Justin Verlander's salary and paying Garrett Cole's. 30 plus million a year. Yeah, that'd be insane. I mean, I mean you're talking you're talking about like 70 some million from your to your top 3 pitchers. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. Well, moving on, number 3, we took Luis Robert or Lewis Robert as Aaron <laughs> likes to call him. I do not say that. <laughs> I do not say that. Other people do, but I don't. <laughs> And let's be real, none of us really know how it's pronounced unless you watched him in some, like, Futures game or something. Cause I'm pretty sure I've heard it, Luis Robert, a number of places. I, well, I um, say Luis Robert, but also, really quick before you talk about him, I was just going to say, if any of you listen to our podcast slash YouTube video on Luis Robert from a couple weeks ago, uh, you will probably already know most of this information, but we're going to talk about it anyways. Yep. And that's another thing, which is why I avoided – some of our favorite guys because we talk about like Jared Kalinick a lot and stuff like that. So try to cover a couple guys that maybe we haven't covered in a while, <clears throat> but we did just cover Luis Robert, but you yeah, need to mention him. Yeah, you just can't omit him from the list. He's the best player on this list or yeah. had the best season on this list yeah. for, for prospects, My, for prospects, for guys that haven't reached the MLB. Right. Caveat, Jordan Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Luis Robert played in high A plus and double A and triple A. That's super combined, interesting. Like that's, yeah. a, that's a really interesting factor about him playing across three levels. Like that's a lot of movement, like moving between the different teams and stuff, a lot of change. I mean, no one's Soto, but you know, whatever. 
True. Wanna be one wanna be Juan Soto. <laughs> um but Luis Robert had a good, good year. Mm-hmm. A good year. Three twenty eight average, three seventy six on base, six twenty four slugging. Uh thirty one doubles, eleven triples, thirty two home runs. A as I like to say, anytime you got a guy getting 10 doubles, 10 triples, 10 home runs, 10 stolen bases, because he went 36 for 47 in stolen bases. That's pretty rare. The uh, quadruple double club <laughs> of but, baseball. But he did will. it with, with 30s across three of them. Yeah, 30, 30, 36, and 11 triples is insane. Yeah. That's, um, that is wild. Uh, he went 36 for 47 in stolen bases, which is not great. Uh, it's better than like 75%, I suppose, but 11 caught stealing is, you know. Hey, well, he gets a little bit more coaching. He's got the speed. At least he can make the ba- or steal the bases. Yeah, that's true. There's a, there's a baseline where they figure if you get caught enough, I don't remember the percentage. It might have been in the 60%, but I think it was in the 70%, where if uh, – you get caught enough, it's just not worthwhile for you to steal ever. Mm-hmm. Because the amount of outs you're giving out uh, are don't oh, make up yeah. for the amount of what the extra base gives you. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he had 129 strikeouts, 28 walks, and 503 plate appearances. Um, you're looking at a decently high strikeout rate to a decently low walk rate nothing wrong with the walk rate uh about 50 point higher on base percentage but that means you need a high average to be a useful on base percentage at this point like 50 points ain't bad if you're hitting 300 yeah 50 points ain't great if you're hitting 280 no right if you're hitting 280 and have a 330 on base uh you're gonna need a 624 slugging to make it a valuable profile Right. If you have a 500 slugging and a 330 on base, and all of a sudden your 830 OPS is powered by slugging percentage, it's not as valuable if you have an 830 OPS that's powered by on base. Um, but tons of power, tons of speed, great year, and he was only 21. He got all the way up to AAA. He was six years younger than league average, and he hit 297, 341, 634. That's good. So spectacular year from Luis Robert. Uh, you got his prices for us? Oh, yeah. So a little caveat here. His very first cards that were selling were redemptions. So even into September, they were still redemptions because it forever, Pete, he didn't sign. Um, he didn't even sign until it was like February of actually 2019. So it was almost a full year after the release that he didn't sign for. So the only I sales not were- wait to hear these prices so the <laughs> i wish that they were lower because it would sound better but uh-huh. the, the redemptions were selling for 120 bucks uh in september of 2018 which is actually low compared to now but the actual card sells for 260 dollars now but they were up to around 300 when he was playing at the height of his double a competition um so 260 dollars today i mean over doubling his price value uh, some of it probably in there that the card is actually real now versus not real. Um, and also through there, they could have been lower. Like I'm pretty sure they're around like $90 to hundred somewhere in there uh, along the line, but they were at 120 a year ago. Now they're 260. So good, good price increase for Robert and his uh, graded stuff is selling even higher, obviously. Um, but that would have been a better option to get it and grade it because it comes sealed from top. So pretty good chance of getting a good grade yeah that's uh that's a big it was a big gamble for the people that were buying the redemptions Mm -hmm. can you imagine a gamble but paid off a year ago you put 200 dollars in a card that you don't really even know if it's going to get signed yeah that'd be terrifying that'd be difficult but it paid off handsomely oh yeah but it's something that we try to at slab socks try to shy away from the gambling side of cards and yeah. try to get more into the Insights. surefire uh, actual investment making money side. Mm-hmm. For sure. More of the, if you will, uh, Apple Netflix 
type stocks more so than the penny stocks of yeah, the world. Don't forget about Amazon. Amazon, yeah, Amazon too. Um, all right, so that's number three, Luis Robert. Great year. Number four is Christian Pache, uh, or as uh, Aaron likes to call him, Christian oh Pache. You're terrible. Uh, double A and triple A for him. Um, and he did really well. Obviously, everyone knows Christian Pache for his defense, spectacular defense. Looks like he's going to win multiple gold gloves unless Lorenzo Cain uh, wins all the gold gloves from here until the end of time because he deserves it for being gypped <laughs> all the gold gloves from the first part of his career. Um, but he, Pache hit 277 with a 340 on base and a 462 slugging across two levels with 36 doubles, nine triples, and 12 home runs. The home run power isn't there. It may never be there. Um, but you're not really getting him four home runs, per se. The interesting thing is he played 104 games in double <coughs> A. He hit 11 home runs. He gets called up to triple A with the juice baseball. Plays 26 games and hits one. I was going to mention that because I remember he had most of his home runs in double A, which is wild to think. Yeah. So a weird thing there. Um, and also his AAA stats, a 274, 337, 411, 337 and 411, not great. That equates to a 747 OPS, which we will have a post about later in the week. So I won't get into it now <coughs> about OPS and – how the times are changing. Um, but overall, good numbers. Had 122 strikeouts to 43 walks in 538 plate appearances. So actually the uh, the walks were really nice. The strikeouts, not terrible, not great. Just average. Uh, the one really interesting thing is he was terrible at base stealing. Yeah, I looked at that. That's crazy. Terrible. Eight for 19 on base stealing. Stole eight bases, got caught 11 times. Isn't he a 70-grade speed? Yeah. Sometimes it's not about the speed. Sometimes well, it's about knowing what to do. Right, for guys sure. guys that have no speed, uh, stealing more than eight bases and getting caught less than 11 times Yeah. in a year. I, I, I agree, but I, I just say it's it's crazy to see that not translate at all. Like That's really, yeah. really bad. So we'll see. We'll see what to make of that. I don't really know what to make of it. I don't know if it's just terrible, terrible coaching on the Brave system. I don't know if it's Christian Pache just can't figure it out. Um, but that would be something to keep track of. Obviously, it's not huge for investment purposes. But, you know, maybe if he can't figure out this, will it? Uh, what other things may not be able to figure out? Maybe he has a hitch in his swing that he never be, is able to fix. Uh, maybe there's some defensive thing that they think he should do differently that he can't ever figure out. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but it's interesting that a dude with that much speed and that much natural gifts, eight for 11. Yeah. Or eight, eight stolen bases, 11 caught stealing, eight for 19 total. Yeah. Um, but overall, besides, besides the, uh, the stolen base numbers, a 36, 48, 50, 57 extra base hits and 538 plate appearances for a defensive first center fielder. Yeah, you can tell that the extra base hits matter a lot in his progression this year too because if you look at his like slugging percentage this year compared to last year, it's a big difference. And yeah, he had a, he had a uh, 410 slugging last year, 462 this year, mm -hmm. 307 on base last year, 340 this year. Yeah, and two point lower uh, batting average. I think I don't think you mentioned this, but he's only twenty or twenty one, and he's playing. Oh yeah, he's twenty. Yeah, and he's 20. playing against guys that are on average seven years, seven years older than him. Yeah, so he he's was almost twenty one. He'll be twenty one in November. But most <laughs> of the season he was twenty, obviously. Anyways, no, no, he was he was twenty the entire season. Yeah, yeah, playing well, against guys that are on average almost seven years older than him in AAA. I guess I meant to say closer to twenty than twenty-one. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So that that's a that's a big thing right there, and it, to show improvement through that is pretty good, really good yeah. actually. He. And, uh, the nice thing about Pache. What were you gonna say? 
I'll let you say it. Whatever. No, no, no. You gotta say it first because I'm gonna talk about prices then. Oh yeah. Uh, the nice thing about Pache, from a baseball standpoint, maybe not from an investing standpoint for everyone, but from a baseball standpoint, is that the defense is so good, and the eyes decent that he is gonna have a super nice floor. Maybe mm-hmm. he never gets to his ceiling because it's not like he's hitting 300s and getting, you know, 350 on bases and whatever. Um, but the fact that that defense and that eye is going to be so good, uh, uh, 340 on base with awesome, great defense and 50 extra base hits in a season, is, he's probably going to translate to like a four-win player. Well, you definitely – all he is. You definitely know you're going to be able to watch him in the MLB. That's for yeah. sure. Like you don't even but know – like, putting a hundred bucks into some draft player if they're going to make it. Yeah. It's just nice from the Braves standpoint to just know <laughs> that they're probably getting like a three, four win player. Mm-hmm. And if the D de- if the bat just doesn't progress, the defense alone should be a two win player. Yeah. Which is great. So, yeah. So highlighting his prices here. There's a trend. Uh, if you guys will notice, except for Luis Robert and uh, the next guy, but for Pache, in October 2018, around $70. Uh, in October 2019, $82. They were around 110 at the height of this season. That was towards his double uh, A play when he was hitting really well. I know he was hitting 300 for actually most of the season. And then obviously had that pretty uh, not great end to the season in triple A. So they lowered from 182, but still up from a year ago. And, uh, I think that that shows, you know, a little bit of room to grow here, especially with his age, if he can grow into uh, more polished with the bat, I suppose. However, 50 extra base hits is still crazy. Yeah. Now, interesting thing with Pache is that, number one, the the AAA baseball did nothing for him, and they might be getting rid of the AAA baseball. I would honestly be – I've talked about this before. I'd be shocked if it's still here next year, the AAA MLB baseball, that is. I would be shocked. I feel like – MLB probably figures they went too far with the home runs and is going to try to deaden the baseball a little bit. Um, so that's a thing to keep track of. Number two, he's got Ronald Lacuna on his team. He's got Ozzy Albies on his team. He's got um, – why can't I think of their third baseman? Uh, Josh Johnson. Well, Austin Riley. Well, one of the two. Austin Riley on his team. I mean, yeah, Josh Johnson, but he only signed for a year, right? Yeah. Uh, Freddie Freeman Riley on his team. He's got Freddie Freeman, Drew Waters. He's got Dansby Swanson. You know, a lot of a lot of guys to kind of take some of that shine. Yeah. So if he is only a two seventy seven, three forty four, sixty two hitter with great defense, <coughs> I don't think there's really anywhere for him to go above eighty dollars. Oh no! A lot of room to go below eighty dollars. Oh yeah, no, definitely. If this is his, if this is his every day in the MLB, he's not going to be worth eighty dollars. That's very, really worth putting out there. Because, because, like, I know everyone's like, oh, twenty is going up. Um, he could, but there is, there is more risk, I think, for him than any of these other guys because his offensive tools. He's so highly rated because of his defense. His offensive tools are lesser. A lesser ilk. Right. So, anyways, moving on from Christian Pache, the crowning jewel of the 2018 Bowman line of autographs. The crowning jewel in everyone's uh, rookie of the year race, despite only playing like 89 games. The crowning jewel of everything but Aaron's predictions. I'm going to throw Pete Alonso in your face next time, or 2016. But Jordan Alvarez was spectacular. (coughs) Excuse me. We won't even talk about his minor league numbers because they just don't matter at this point. The dude is going to win. He played 87 games. He's going to win Rookie of the Year, which also will allow me to go off on a little bit of a tangent. The Astros are going to have Rookie of the Year. They're going to have MVP most likely because Trout got injured. They're going to have Cy Young and runner-up to Cy Young in Verlander and Cole, whichever way they fall. I don't think that's probably ever happened, ever. <laughs> that's ridiculous. They're going to get the three biggest awards the offseason. 
That's insane. Team of Destiny, despite getting shellacked by the Tampa Bay Rays right now as we uh, record this. Yeah, they're getting destroyed. Um, so, Jordan played 87 games, like I said, in the MLB. He hit 313 with a 412 on base and a 655 slugging, which was good for a 1067 OPS, which is insane. He's 22 years old uh, and turned 22 during the season, you know, barely 22. Mm-hmm. He had 26 doubles, zero triples, 27 home runs in the MLB, mind you. That's 50, what? Three. 53 uh, extra base hits mm-hmm. in 87 games. Are you yeah, kidding me? It's ridiculous. Uh, a 173 OPS plus, which is 73% better than league average. 94 strikeouts, but 52 walks, which in is insane. Games. In 87 games. The walks are a little high. I mean, the strikeouts are a little high. Uh, you're looking at... 170 some strikeouts in a full season, but you're also looking at like 100 walks in a full season, and and 369 plate appearances. So just <clears throat> an incredible year from Jordan Alvarez. Mm-hmm. There isn't much else to be said. 1,067 OPS from a 22 year old, a just turned 22 year old, is insane. The defense isn't great. Everyone knows that, but that doesn't matter when you got a bat like his. He was would have been worth. Uh, like seven and a half wins above replacement over a full year, according to baseball reference. Um, if you extrapolate it out, it's just an incredible year. It blows my mind. It blows <laughs> my mind. Yes. Leaves Nate speechless. And so good. with that, his prices a year ago, I'm sure that you guys know what's coming. This is the biggest increase on this entire list. They were $60 out of the gate. <sighs> in October 2018 for Bowman Chrome. The most recent ungraded base autograph that sold was 365, and that's good for a 500% increase. Wow. And you, you, you could have made hand over fist a ton of money like five times on too, because you could have bought and sold and bought and sold over like a three-month span, like between like March and June, yep. which is crazy. And which is getting to my point, the amount of like I think you and I hit a lot on the smaller players this year, like the guys. Oh, okay. Let me. Well, we missed the two biggest. Well, I should say this: Gavin Lux going from thirty to two hundred dollars at one point was a huge was a huge hit. It does a huge hit. So like really like one big hit and one miss each isn't the worst. True. But we did miss the two rookie of the years, which is well, yeah. Mm. But you Can't know, them all. you hit near Nate Pearson from ten to fifty, stuff like you that. Know, in, in our defense, and it's it's a pretty weak defense, but we don't like first baseman and we don't like DHs. Yeah, and that is inevitably what Jordan Alvarez and Pete Alonso are going to be. And then um, also they just hit an insane amount of home runs and yeah. Let's take a moment to thank the Astros. Uh, for acquiring Jordan Alvarez like two months after he signed as an amateur free agent with the Dodgers for Josh Fields, of all people. That's crazy. Could you imagine if the Dodgers got to call up Jordan Alvarez? I'd be so mad. I'd be so And mad. got to call up Gavin Lux. And got to call up Will Smith. And Dustin May all in the same season. Got to call up Dustin May. All in the same season. Yeah, that'd be ridiculous. And still had guys like Kiebert Ruiz and the and the in the minors. And Josiah Gray. <laughs> Josiah Gray, Jeter Downs, and then have young talent like Corey Seager and yeah. Cody Bellinger. Jack Peterson. Well Jack, Jack Peterson. A little older, but yeah, crazy. And then get uh uh waiver wire talent like Max Muncie and Chris Taylor. Yep. And then sign Sign or waiver wire talent like Justin Turner, and then just be able to re-sign him whenever they want. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, yeah. So, thank you Astros for saving us from that fate. <laughs> Granted, the Astros don't really need them either, but I'd rather have the Astros win like five World Series than the Dodgers win one. That's funny, but I agree with that. <laughs> well, 
I have no more thoughts on this, considering we just talked about a year of Bowman Chrome, well, Bowman, for an hour. But yeah, pretty exciting, I think, running down the list and seeing what's there. Uh, nice because I know it, as the season went on, we transitioned a lot more into football and basketball just because of the seasonal switches uh, for investing purposes. But I think it was fun to you know look back on these on this checklist at least uh, the last or those three Bowman products. And I think we're going to have a lot more fun going through the, the next ones, especially when we get to 2016. Yeah. And uh, like we said before, I mean, you know, we covered five guys, not necessarily the top five guys, though. Jordan Alvarez and Luis Robert would have been one and two. But, I mean, underneath all this, 2018 was a good year. We'll look yeah. back and look. Maybe not quite 2016 because 2016 is insane. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably have to do, like, top tens because, like – absolutely bonkers the amount of guys in 2016 yeah it'll be exciting the fact that you know you have Dustin Mates and Carter Kybooms and Christian Robinsons and Luis Rices and Shane Beavers and Bryce Terang and Grayson Rodriguez and Jordan Goshens and Alec Baum and Jonathan Indian Jared Kalinick and Josiah Gray and Matthew Liebertor and Christian Pache and Hunter Green and Spencer Howard and stuff it's insane yeah, they're all buried too. You know, it's like no one's going to bring up those guys, but they're all could be quality. I mean, players. just the guys I brought up here there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You're at like 15 or something. Nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33. There's like 33 guys that I know for a fact have appeared on one top 100 prospect list or another. Now you guys know that Nate can count to 33. Yeah. <laughs> and then Shane Bieber, who I did not include because he's in the LB, but is also was an all-star, struck out the side in the all-star game. Uh my list of 33 so 34 if you really want to go do that (laughs) uh so it's like it's like it's ridiculous the amount of depth that 2018 bowman had true all over the board there's a ton yeah and it's not it's it's high upside power guys it's high upside pitchers it's it's, uh, high floor guys it's catchers it's shortstops it's closers it's second basemen it's outfielders quarterbacks uh i mean it's it's literally all over the place you got something for everyone in 2018 bowman across all the levels so pretty great year in my eyes one of the best we'll probably see for a while i would imagine yep for sure 2019 bowman though really good product but well 2019 bowman is amazing 2019 bowman chrome is terrible yeah, and the draft was pretty weak. Yeah, you you got like a couple guys at the top of them past that. I feel like it's not going to be anything spectacular. Yeah. So it's like it's like 2019 Bowman needed to carry 2019, but we'll exactly. cover that in the future. Yep, when once, the 2019 once, draft comes out. Exactly. All right, Aaron. So uh, what do we have coming up this week for the people to know? So, of course, this podcast you're listening to right now, uh, right after this, there will be a live stream, which you probably will not even get to by the time that's going. But hopefully you guys follow us on Instagram. And if you're not, go do that so you know when everything's coming out because that is the number one platform for us and our posting. Um, On Tuesday – You can always find it on our story. And also, if you miss the live stream, you can find it here where you are listening to this podcast. Exactly. So it'll probably be the next video after this one, actually, or the next, sorry, the next audio. Um, and then tomorrow we have a video coming out on our number one prospect of the 2019 minor league baseball season. So actually it goes well with this. Uh, if you enjoyed this, you might want to check that out. That will also be available here in an audio format um, later, but it is coming out on video on YouTube tomorrow. Wednesday, we will have our week five NFL recap, which are always fun. Nate does a great job with picking out fun things from the week. And then absolutely incredible, incredible week. Oh, yeah. There's stats all over the place. So a quarterback with a five touchdown game, a running back with a four running or with a four touchdown, uh, touchdown game, a wide receiver with a three touchdown game and three different players with over 200 yards from scrimmage. Yeah, so it will be an exciting week. There will be a lot to talk about, so you are definitely going to want to listen to that. 
Thursday, we will have our Slab Wars, the last one from the National coming out. That was a very exciting uh, series we ran, so you want to check that on YouTube. And then Friday, we will have a couple of Instagram posts out, uh, nothing in podcast form on Friday. And that Slab Wars is with our guy, Rory. Right? Yep, from Brewtown. Yep. Uh, from Brewtown. in Milwaukee. Shout out Brewtown. Shout out Rory. It was a great, it was a very, very enjoyable one to do. Oh, Rory yeah. did a great job. Yeah, um, he's a natural in front of the camera. Yeah, you should get in front of the camera more. So I <laughs> uh, really sure. enjoyed that. Uh, good lineup of stuff coming up this week, I would say. Oh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this week. I think that uh, week five NFL recap is going to be a lot of fun. There'll be a lot to talk about in that. Oh, yeah. And Nate, got anything else? Um, Not for me. Hope, uh, hope you all enjoyed this 2018 Bowman recap, and I hope uh, you will enjoy – 2017 2016 2015 or whatever we get to prism 2019 2018 just as much yeah for sure so new series uh i suppose checklist breakdown whatever we'll name it later uh not not super creative at the moment <coughs> checklist breakdown with the benefit of hindsight <laughs> there we go that's a, a long a good long one <laughs> yeah all right with that we're gonna sign off and we will catch you guys in the next podcast